Let's pick up where we left off here. Man, I remember last one or last time we had team challenge last week or week before. But last time I, I didn't, and I won't do that today. But we went we went two hours. We covered uh, we actually covered uh, oh let's see seven six five. We, we covered five six five six and uh, oh and uh, and seven here. Oh, anyway, I do want to point out again that uh, every time Jesus, uh, well, it's just they were they were all after him. I think that's it. Yeah, look at that. Verse 17. This is Luke chapter 5. We're going to jump to 8. But anyway, one day while I was... Now, I want to point this out. We're only... The book of Luke, the majority of it is... Because we just have a little piece about his birth, okay? And then we have a little piece about 12 years old. He was in the temple. And then that's it. We have three years is what they say. Roughly three years. But you can read this and you'll go, it probably was less than that. Okay, so we won't... Just know it was when he started his ministry, Okay. And so whether it's three years or less than that, it was very small amount of time. And remember what's going to happen after that. And he told them all, the chief priests, religious leaders are going to have me arrested and they're going to kill me. And on the third day, I'll rise again. And he is gone after that. He is totally gone. We don't see him anymore. Except in your own personal life, you find out that, oh my gosh, he's so real. All right. So anyway... One day while he was teaching, this is Luke 5, verse 17. Some Jewish religious leaders and teachers of the law were sitting by. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea, Judea as well as from Jerusalem. They were always there, and they were always creating trouble for him. That's right. Never stopped him from helping anybody. Here we go. Not long afterwards, chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, he began to tour the cities. Uh, in villages of Galilee to announce that the coming of the kingdom of God and took his 12 disciples with him. Now, it says the word Galilee. Remember, there's a sea of Galilee. and You can go Google this for yourself, but it's a, whoa, you can see across it. It's not like Lake Erie where you can't see. You can see across it, but it is a long way across. And I don't even think Gunnersville Lake's got any points that are that far. Maybe if you could, if you could get where Gunnersville Dam is and you could get where you could take a peek and see all the way across to where Gunnersville Town is, that yeah, would probably be kind of close, but it's, it's a long way, a large stretch of water. Anyway, some, uh, so there's cities all the way around this, this thing, little small places, whatever. Okay, so here we go. So he took his 12 disciples with him. Now remember, there's a lot of people. Well, let me just be quiet here. Look what it says. Some women went along whom he had cast uh, out demons uh, and who had been healed. Uh, among them were Mary Magdalene. Let's hold up a second. Look at that. He cast out demons and, and healed these people. Uh, that's just the way Jesus was. Now, notice how personal this is. He's going to name them. Matter of fact, Mary Magdalene, she was the, one of the first ones to see Jesus at the resurrection when he was resurrected that morning. She got him confused with the gardener. Said, if you'll just tell me where he is, I'll take him. <laughs> he said, Mary. Okay. Wow. A real person's name. We don't really need this. Yes, we do, because it is an absolute historic track. But not to mention, what was he doing helping out an individual? Same thing. He helped me out the other day and always does and helps you out. Jesus had cast out seven demons from her. Joanna, Chusa's wife. Look at this. What, who's this? Chusa was King Herod's business manager and in charge of his palace and domestic affairs. I mean, there's nowhere you can't go where the hand of Jesus has not been. 
I'm telling you, people's hearts. It's, it's, everybody, he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. He's after everybody. Luke's account has the great story coming up about Zacchaeus. Now, we will get to it before we go back and study some other things. But anyway, Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. How does he know these people's name? Oh, he created us all. We are so inundated with evolution and and we're just evolved. And we're just, religion is just a religion. No, uh-uh. Here we go. Susanna, another one? I'm a little offended here. Well, women are not supposed to be women. I mean, we're, I've told women we're dogs in the scriptures. They're just no better than cows and whatever. Wait a minute. What's all this? Jesus certainly didn't treat them that way. Absolutely he didn't. Remember, that's part of the curse. Remember the curse? Not only childbearing, be pain there. But remember that your desire is going to be towards your husband. And I mean, it's just going to be. And so, you know, we beat ourselves. Oh, well, so perfect. I've had a divorce. That's part of the curse. It's just a, it takes Jesus to get out from underneath the conflict between men and women. It does. You know, go back and read that curse. You know, Adam, you're going to scratch the ground and it's going to, it's just it's going to produce thorns. Ooh, remember, yeah, it says he's, the, the husband's going to lord it over you. It like, well, about time, because the husband's head of the household. That's not what he was saying. That was part of the curse. Good grief. Anyway, so look at this. It's not a, this is not a men's religion. It's all of us. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that you can read, and I like to call it the emails later on. There's neither male nor female. Look at that. We're all one in Christ. Anyway, one day he gave this illustration to a large crowd. Uh, oh, excuse me, and many others who were contributing t- from their private means to support uh, to the support of Jesus and his disciples. Okay, uh, now I wasn't because Jesus was broke. He was going to do this no matter what. Jesus said, there's no man left houses, lands, brethren, for my name's sake in the gospel, but he'll receive a hundredfold. That was part of the calling card of just like people getting healed. There were business people there. They were fine. See, you could be fine physically, and you're hurting financially. And guess what? Jesus can help you out and he'll help you see the light. You know, oh my goodness, I cannot believe what happened to me. <gasps> I gave my everything to Jesus. I sold everything I have and I gave to the poor, you could say. And I can't get rid of all the money. It keeps coming in. It's going to keep coming in. And you've got a testimony that you will not shut up. Jesus doesn't need our money. That, that was not it. Remember, Jesus, in this same book, we'll get to it. It's not, I think it's in chapter 13 or 14. Jesus is standing at the treasury. How does he know this? He's standing there watching all these people put money in. And there was a poor widow, remember that? And she gave, and she gave, Jesus said she gave in more than any of the rest of them did because she gave out of her need. Rest of it gave out of, oh, they had so much they just can get, they can afford to. He knew that was her last little bit. Now, what good's that going to do? He's going to take care of it. He knew it was the last little bit. She said, she'll never go without, Never. All right, here we go. So, uh, one day he gave this illustration to a large crowd, and you're going to recognize this, who were gathered to him while many others were still on the way, coming from other towns. What are they coming for? We've already found out to come and be healed or to come listen to him or be healed. Anyway, what, uh, a farmer went out to sow field, uh, to, went out into his field to sow grain. As he scattered the seed upon the ground, some of it fell on the footpath and was trampled on. The birds came, ate it as it lay exposed. The other seed fell on shallow soil with rock beneath it. The seed began to grow and soon withered. So we've heard this story. Yeah, it's just amazing. He wrote it. I mean, he said it. 
The seed began to grow, but soon withered and died for lack of moisture. The other seed landed in the thistle patch, and the young grain stalks were soon choked out. Still others on fertile ground. This seed grew, produced a, a crop of a hundred times as much as he planted, and uh, was giving this illustration. He said, if anyone listening has ears, use them now. Now, wait a minute. Anyone. He's, this is whosoever. Okay. His apostles asked him what the story meant. Okay. And Jesus replied, God's granted you to know the meaning of these parables. And I think it's simply because they ask. Ask and it'll be, you know, given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. For they tell a great deal about the kingdom of God. So there really must be a kingdom. Yeah, there is. But these crowds hear the words and do not understand, just as the ancient prophets predicted. This is the meaning. The seed is God's message to men. Okay? Don't get a divorce. Don't sash your mama. Oh, please. That is not the message. Jeez. You know, the message is really Jesus. The seed is God's message to men. The hard path where some of the seed fell represents the hard hearts of those who hear the words of God. But then the devil comes and steals the words away and prevents the people from believing and being saved. Wow. The stony ground represents those who enjoy listening to sermons, but somehow the message never really gets through to them and doesn't take root and grow. They know the message is true and sort of believe for a while, but when the hot winds of persecution blow, they lose interest. And I could say, you know, when I was suffering last Saturday, if I wanted to, oh, there's nothing to this Jesus stuff. Golly. Man, he's not there to help me. No, I didn't do that. I, <laughs> I was glad he was there, praise the Lord. The seed among the thorns represents, represents those who listen. They believe God's word, but whose faith later were, whose faith afterwards is choked out by worry. Look at that. And riches and responsibility and pleasures of this life. Now think about it. Yeah, there are so many distractions. You can go a long way and go, man, I ain't prayed in a week. What have I been doing? Probably real busy, you know. And of course, and some folks say, well, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't pray. Well, I'm so glad you prayed when you had a problem. But, you know, your life, you don't want to get distracted by so much stuff that you lose the purpose. See, when you look in the mirror, whether male or female, when you look in the mirror, you're made in God's image. And you didn't make yourself. God, what do you want me to do with my life? It's just a life of thankfulness. And that's what Psalm 50 says. Psalm 50, God says he called all humanity together. And, uh, oh, let's go back to Luke 8 in just a second. Let's look at that. Uh, Psalm 50. Can you imagine right in the middle of almost, well, there's 150 of them, but 50 is pretty easy to remember. 50. He summons all mankind. That's everybody. God's glory shines from the temple. Okay, Mount Zion. It comes with thunder. Okay, a lot of, he's come to judge his people. Heaven and earth, gather my people together who by their sacrifice upon my altar have promised to obey me. Okay, well, we love the Lord. God's going to judge him with complete fairness. Look what he says. Oh, my people. Now, this is everybody, not just the Jews. He just said that. I am your God. Look what he says. Listen. Remember, he that hath ears to hear. Hear my charges to get you. I don't have any complaint about your sacrifices on my altar. You bring me them regularly. But it isn't sacrificial bullocks and goats that I really want from you. Cattle on a thousand hills, that's that verse. For all the animals of the field and forest are mine. Look what he wants. There it is, cattle on a thousand hills and all the birds. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. That's the reason those people that were helping Jesus' ministry, he wasn't broke. He said, the world's mine, everything. No, I don't need your sacrifices of flesh and blood. What I want from you, look at that. Boy, that's something that's owe him every day. True thanks. You're trying to figure out what you can do for Jesus. Jesus, what do you want me to do today? 
just be thankful. He's going to set you up. He'll get you somewhere he needs you. You'll know something big later, but right now, want your time. I want your promises fulfilled. Look at this. And I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so that I can rescue me. Look at this. And you can give me glory. Wow. All right, let's go back to where we were. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, all right, we were in Luke chapter 8. Luke 8, we were at chapter verse 4 there. Uh, so the farmer went out. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, he's granted you to know a great deal about the kingdom. These crowds, they're not going to get it. This, okay, God's message to me, and that's the message. The hard path is where some fell. Okay, where do you got that? The devil comes to take away the word. Okay. Well, we read that part too. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so they're never able to help anyone else to believe the good news. Yeah. Because they keep, they're just, they're totally distracted. But the good soul represents uh, honest and good-hearted people. They listen to God's word, cling to them, and steadily spread them to others who also soon believe. And another time he said, who ever heard of someone lighting a lamp and then covering it up to keep it from shining? No lamps are mounted in the open where they can be seen. This illustrates the fact that someday everything in men's hearts shall be brought to light and made plain for all to see. So be careful how you listen. Whoever, whoever has shall be given more, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him. See, that totally annihilates this thing about, well, you never know, and one day God may just take it all away. No, he didn't. He's not going to take it away from you. If you got something, he's going to give you more. Anyway, look at 19. Well, what, is, what kind of book is this? That's just, Jesus? Once his, his mother and brothers came to see him, matter of fact, either, I think it's Mark's account, they thought he was deranged. They thought he, Jesus kind of lost his mind. Remember, his mom, and, his mom was there, possibly his dad too, and his brothers, when they tried to push Jesus, this is his home church, Luke chapter 4, which is four chapters prior to this, they tried to push Jesus off the cliff because Jesus didn't preach. You know, it's like when I first got saved, you know, my mom ran down there to, not get first got saved, when I first started to preach the gospel, mom wanted to be there when I had my first message or whatever. It was all cookie cutter, Richard's first message. You know, that's the way they do the Baptist, whatever. It's instead of the bridge is out, we're trying to spread the gospel. It's now I have a career. This is my occupation. So we'll make sure Richard does this right. Well, Jesus wasn't doing any of this right, according to them. He stood up in that temple. I mean, he stood up in that synagogue and he said, uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the sick, raise the dead, all this kind of stuff, you know. And they said, and he said, today, that scripture is fulfilled. And they, could, they choked on it. They go, well, he's just Joseph's son. Who does he think he is? They got mad at him. And Jesus even said, you're going to say, physician, heal yourself. The miracles I did in Capernaum do right here. But see, they didn't believe him. So anyway, so here they are. They wanted to see him, and they couldn't get into the house where he was teaching because of the crowds. Well, see, they were trying to take him away. When Jesus heard they were standing outside wanting to see him. Now, remember, Jesus said, you got to do what everybody says. No, you don't. He didn't. He remarked, my mother and brothers are those who hear the message of God and obey it. Oh. And then that's the end of the story. One day about that time, he and his disciples were out in the boat. He suggested they cross to the other side of the lake. He said, we could just say this is a vehicle. Okay, there's something going to happen. Watch this. On the way, he lay down for a nap. And while he was sleeping, the wind began to rise. A fierce storm developed that threatened to swamp them, and they were in real danger. They rushed over and woke him. Master, master, we're sinking, they screamed. He spoke to the storm. <laughs> Good grief. Quiet down, he said, and the winds and waves subsided, and all was calm. Then he asked them, where's your faith? Mm. 
They were filled with awe and fear of him and said one to another, look what they said, who is this guy? Who is this? That even the winds and waves obey him. So they arrived on the other side of the, uh, in the uh, Gerasene, across the lake from Galilee. No, notice this is just total progression, and this is the same with your life. Jesus is with you always. I don't care what you're faced with, what disaster is coming. You've got Jesus with you. Watch how this keeps playing out. He was climbing out of the boat. Uh, uh, as he was climbing out of the boat, a man from the city of Gadara came to meet him, a man who had been demon-possessed for a long time. So we're going to get some details about this guy. Homeless and naked. Okay, get those images. God, nobody wants him. He, ain't, he, didn't have a, he got nothing on. Lived in a cemetery among the tombs. As soon as he, he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell to the ground screaming. Man, what a scene. We, we, this is not going to be good publicity for Jesus' ministry. Now, that's not what it's about because Jesus loves this guy. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high? Boy, those demons knew who he was, didn't they? Please, I beg you, don't torment me. See, the devil is totally scared of Jesus, and he's scared of you too. For Jesus had already, was already commanding the demon to leave. Look at that. Whoa, wait a minute. Maybe this guy deserved that. I mean, who are we to just be saying God wants everybody free? I mean, come on. Jesus sent his disciples out, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, cast out demons. He didn't say, no, go check and let's see. See, I think some of that stuff we've heard, the exorcist and stuff. I never watched that dumb movie. I'm not watching that stuff. You're not going to learn anything that you couldn't have already read in the Bible. Mm. Matter of fact, there's a story in the book of Acts. A couple of guys tried to imitate Paul. Sons of Sceva, seven of them, remember that? They tried to cast out a demon, and they said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. <laughs> and the demon in them jumped on them and beat them up, and they all ran out naked, you know. And everybody knew about it. They knew what happened. Okay, for Jesus was already commanding the demon to leave. The demon had often taken control of the man so that he was even in shackles with chains and he simply broke them and rushed out into the desert completely under the demon's power. Now, okay, that's demon power, but look, come on, demon power's got nothing close to what you and I have with angelic power from on high. Jesus even said, nothing shall by any means harm you. Mercy. What's your name, Jesus said to the demon? Legion. They replied, for the man was filled with thousands of them. They kept begging, look at this. They kept begging Jesus not to order them into the bottomless pit. Ah, myth, oh my gosh, this is myth. Mm -mm. The Bible tells in the book of Revelation that Jesus is going to, no, excuse me, well, the devil is going to be thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Anyway, a herd of pigs was feeding on the mountainside nearby. Now, don't add anything to it, a herd of pigs. Well, it says kosher and Jesus doesn't like... You can have pork. It's got to do it. Herd of pigs was feeding on the mountainside. Just get the basics, okay? What we see here. The demons pled with him to let, let him enter into the pigs. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, like, knock yourself out. He said they could. So they left the man, went into the pigs, and immediately the whole herd rushed down the mountainside. Boy, that didn't last long. They didn't have a bunch of demon-possessed pigs long. It didn't last long at all. And they fell over a cliff into the lake below, and they were drowned. The herdsmen... Rushed away to the nearby town. They spread the news as they ran. Now, what did they... They'd seen this. And I'm sure it's an awesome sight to sit there in a horrible sight, whatever you want to call it. They just lost 500 pigs or whatever, or however many it was. 
Soon a crowd claimed to, came to see that for themselves what had happened. Here's what they saw. They saw the man. They knew this guy. They know he roams around naked. They know he's, he cannot be controlled. He's got some sort of power. You can't even tie him up. But what? Who had been demon-possessed, sitting quietly at Jesus' feet. Oh, come on. Clothed and sane. Boy, there's your calling card for testimony about Jesus is Lord. Helping somebody and everybody can see it. Just like some of the stories we saw with Teen Challenge. Then those who had seen it happen told how the demon-possessed uh, man had been healed. Wow. And every, look, oh, this is so sad. Everyone begged Jesus to go away. Leave them alone. For in a deep wave of fear swept over them. So he got in the boat. Look at that. Crossed over the other side of the lake. Notice he didn't say, well, now, 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 now. Uh-oh. No, he already told the disciples, if they don't receive you, go on. Well, actually, he's going to the next, next chapter. The man who had been demon-possessed, boy, he begged to go with Jesus. Ah, Jesus has got some great idea here. Go back to your family. Remember, we all got a family. And tell them what a wonderful thing God has done for you. Wouldn't that blow you away? Are you okay? You, you're okay? Can, can we let you in? Are you... You, you promise you'll keep your clothes on. You're not going to tear my house up. I don't even know a tornado coming through here. Man, I'm fine. Well, what? Can you tell me again what happened? Have you not heard of this guy named Jesus? Can you imagine what happened to family members when that guy did that? He's okay now. Golly. So he went all through the city telling everyone about Jesus' mighty miracle. Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? On the other side of the lake, crowds received him with open arms. So he went right back across. And now a man named Jairus, wait, 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 wait a minute now. He's going to wind up being, because these synagogue rulers, they, were, they could be so bad. He came and fell down at Jesus' feet, begged him to go home with him. See, he realized, you know, I've heard too much about Jesus, and now I have my only daughter Dying, a little 12-year-old girl. Oh, just, just wring your eyes out. Jesus went with him. Don't you ever think he won't go with you if you do the same thing. Jesus is on the cross dying. And these religious clowns said this to him. He was so clever at helping others. Let's see if he'll save himself. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, Jesus was clever at saving all of us. Praise God. As they went, look at this trail of miracles. A woman who wanted to be healed came up and touched him, for she had been slowly bleeding. Look at this trail of problem. Twelve years. You could just get so depressed saying it's, 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 it's never going to get any better. And couldn't find no cure. In other words, hey, maybe it's the Lord's will. Nah, it's not the Lord's will. It ain't ever going to happen. Look at that. Though she spent everything she had now, she's, she's broke. But the instant she touched the edge of his robe, the bleeding stopped. Now, why on earth is verse 45? If it's not for Jesus knows Paula and Phil and Janet and Richard today. It is so personal. Who touched me? Remember, there's a crowd of people. This is, I'll, it, lack of a better word, it's like letting... Donald Trump walked through during one of his campaigns, 30,000, 40,000 people. Who touched me? 
Everybody denied it. Peter said, Master, so many people are crowding against you. But Jesus said, no, it was someone who delivered me, touched me, for I felt healing power come out of me. Well, he knew, but he was just trying to get her to come. The woman realized Jesus knew. Isn't that great? Man. She began to tremble and fell to her knees before him and told him why she had touched him. And that she, oh, she knew. I'm well, I'm well. She could, she's like the 10 lepers, the one that came running back and thanked him, saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Look what he says, daughter, what a name. What a name. He tells you and I, son, daughter, that's what we are. He said to her, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Now, what are we doing that's similar to that? Well, I hope we are. I hope we are. Well, Jesus is not, yeah, he's here. You don't have to find the hem of his garment, but you can look at that Bible just as though it's this. While he was still speaking, oh gosh, this just gets worse. A messenger arrived from Jairus' home with the news that the little girl was dead. She's gone. He told her father, there's no use. Look at that. (laughs) Now think a minute. Who is this guy that stopped the sea just a moment ago? Who is this guy? You don't need to trouble him now. Look at this. When Jesus heard what happened, he said to the don't be afraid. Just trust me. She'll be all right. Whoa. Can you imagine? When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone in the room except Peter, James, and John. That's just to show them. And the little girl's father and mother, the home was filled with mourning people, but he said, stop weeping. Oh, he was right. She's going to be up in a second. Stop weeping. She's not dead. She's only asleep. This brought scoffing and laughter, for they all knew she was dead. Then he took, took her by the hand and called her, Get up, little girl. And I'm telling you, this is not like Jesus is anointed, and just at this moment he's got power. He's God Almighty. One day, Jesus said himself in John's Gospel, that all the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, saying, Come, boy, and we... Who have eternal life, we're going to, or we'll, of course, we'll be rejoined back to our bodies. We're not like in a soul sleep. But anyway, boy, our bodies are going to come out of there. At that moment, her life returned. Good grief. Can you imagine what's going through your mind? As far, you're just a dad, but you're also a ruler of the synagogue. You're not going to be in trouble preaching the Bible ever. You know, mercy. And he says, give her something. And that's got nothing to do with, well, she's been dead. But no, it's good grief. The kid's up. Hey, give her something to eat. Her parents were overcome with happiness. Wow. But Jesus insisted that they don't tell anyone the details. Well, I guess so, because stupid people from Jerusalem are going to come down, probably pull his credentials and kick him out of the synagogue. Don't tell anybody what happened. Let's catch this one. One day he called together his 12 disciples, gave them authority over all demons. What? Yeah to cast them out and to, and to heal all diseases. Now notice if I was in the crowd, let's say we were one of the, we were one of the, the 12. There's four of us here. And it, we might start talking to one another. Did you hear what he just said? We can do what he did? Well, I'm going to give it a try. Jesus already told us. He said we could team up. So the two of us teamed together. You know, where I, was just like, I went with Paula and, and you two guys went together and we're gone. Didn't take us long to find somebody who's sick, you know, and it flips us out. 
But we know what's going on because we were just with Jesus. And he told us this was important. So this is what he said to do. He sent him away. Look at this. Tell everyone about the coming of the kingdom of God. That's not going to be hard. Just say, okay, the kingdom of God is coming. And then look at this. And then heal the sick. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they're going to be coming after Paula's coattail after this happens. They did it in the book of Acts. They wanted the shadow of Peter just to follow. The shadow of him, they were healed. Don't take along a walking stick. Don't take a beggar's bag, nor food, nor money. Not even an extra coat. Be a guest at only one home in each village. If the people of the town won't listen to you when you enter it, turn around and leave demonstrating God's anger. That's what Jesus did. They, don't want, they didn't want him after he healed that demon-possessed guy. All right, and shake off the dust from your feet as you go. So they began their circuit of villages. Look at this. Preaching the good news. Wait a minute. It had to be happening. They were healing the sick. Well, this even enforces it too. When reports of Jesus' miracles reached Herod, he was like governor of that area. Well, it says so, the governor. He was worried and puzzled. For some were saying, hey, this is John the Baptist. See, they got it. They're always an excuse. The media, CNN reporting. People have been reportedly saying the people have been healed, but we know it's only evolution. They're just getting to feeling better, and medical science is getting better this time of the year, and whatever. Some people say it's uh, a guy that was dead has come back to life again, so that's what's happening here. No, it's not. Others said it's Elijah or another ancient prophet risen from the dead. These rumors were circulating all over the land. Anything but Jesus, isn't that right? John's still, I mean, Herod's still talking. Well, I beheaded John. So who is this man about whom I hear such strange stories? And, they try, and he tried to see him. After the apostles returned to Jesus and reported what they had done, he slipped away quietly with them toward the city of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going. He welcomed them. What did he do? Of course this is what he did. He taught them things about the kingdom and he cured those who were ill. Now I tell you, if you were feeling as bad as I was the other day and whatever, and you're reading your Bible and you're not listening to anybody else, you're just reading your Bible, you would have no other conclusion than Jesus, if you're the same, you're going to take care of me. And he would. Late in the afternoon, so this is still part of a day here, the 12 disciples came and urged him to send the people away. To, you know what's going to happen here. The villages and farms and find food and lodging. Again, I can, I, can you believe what Jesus is going to do here? There's nothing to eat here. It's a desert spot, they said. Jesus, look what he says. You feed them. <laughs> Why, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish among us, they protested. Are you expecting it? See, he did this just to help them dig a hole to see the miracle. I'll take care of this for y'all. There was about 5,000 men there. Just tell them to sit down in, in, on the ground in groups of about 50. There's nothing spiritual about that, but if you were like me and you like to count, whatever, how many people were there, whatever, or, or how many cars, whatever. If you're in groups of 50, it would be easy to count. I counted 100. 100 times 50 is what? 5,000. I'm going to recount that. Count, 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 count. I cannot believe it. I am so stuffed, I can't eat another bite. And I already see them carrying baskets up front. Where did the food come from? Jesus actually used this story because he actually got onto the crowd later and said, you, you're seeking me only because you got fed. He said, you need to seek the real meat. And he said, my body is real meat. You got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were like, what? So they did. He took the five loaves, two fishes, looked up into the sky. 
He gave thanks. Mercy. He broke off. Uh, and, you know, this story is so, it's going to be so hard. Let's just say the communists came in and made us all burn all our Bibles. You can't get this story out. There's been a many a preacher and a many a person, a many mom and dad who's read this story to their kids. You're not going to get rid of this. And remember, he didn't just feed the 5,000. He turned around a few weeks later, fed the 4,000. And then Jesus used that story to his disciples one time when they were going, oh, we forgot to bring some bread. And Jesus said, hey, how much was left over after the 5,000? How much was left after the 4,000? I cannot believe you think I'm worried about having food. So that means it's an eternal, it's a forever going forward, and you're not going to ever starve either. He broke off the pieces, and he set them before the disciples to set before the crowd. And everyone ate. Still, 12 basket full of scraps were picked up afterwards. Good grief. One day, well, one day while he was alone and prayed with his disciples nearby, he came over and asked them, so who's, who's everybody saying I am? Well, I'll tell you who they're saying. John the Baptist. Remember that? They just said so. They said, or, or perhaps Elijah, or one of the other ancient prophets risen from the dead. We said, well, who do you think I am? Boy, Peter said, the Messiah, the Christ of God. He gave them strict orders. Now, here's where he starts telling them not to speak of this to anyone. For I, the Messiah, I got to suffer. And I'm going to be rejected by the Jewish leaders, elders, chief priests, leaders of the law, and be killed. Look at that. He didn't say some evil people. No. Because this is going to be a sacrifice. He is going to be the Lamb of God put up there by the priest, like we've read about. Then he said to everyone, he called everyone to him and said, Whoever wants to follow me, must put aside his own desires and conveniences, carry his cross with him every day, and keep close to me. Now, I wanted to add burn list. It's just like I wanted to know what medicines I should take to help me knock out that COVID the other day. I want to know. <laughs> You're not going to know. It's all just inclusive in one thing. It's Jesus. It's just Jesus. You're never going to get a list. Just stay close to me. Trust me. He's, you, you'll know how to follow him. Whoever loses his life for my sake, shall save it. It's one of the first verses I ever understood and learned. But whoever insists on keeping his life will lose it. And what profit is there in gaining the whole world when it means forfeiting his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? When I, the Messiah, come in my glory, he is shining so bright. Mercy is going to look like bees going to be brighter than the sun. And in the glory of the Father and the holy angels, I'll be ashamed of those who are ashamed of me now in my words. So that's why we stand up, stand up for Jesus. Okay, wait. But, the simple tr but this is the simple truth. Some of you who are standing here right now will not die until you see the kingdom of God. Well, yeah, yeah. That happened in just, uh, well, to keep quiet, but anyway, but that happened after he resurrected. Eight days later, he took Peter, James, and John with him into the hills to pray. So now it's just him, Peter, James, and John. So there's four of them. But we're going to have two more show up. As he was praying, his face began to shine. John wrote 3 John, and he said, We beheld his glory. See, John saw it. We, oh, man, we saw him. His clothes became dazzling white and blazed with light. Then two men appeared. Moses and Elijah. Now we got to go back. And make sure we've read all about Moses. Make sure we know about the stories about Elijah. And we do. It's in your Bible. They were splendid in appearance. Glorious to see. And they were, look what they were talking about. They were speaking of his 
death at Jerusalem. What? To be carried out in accordance to God's plan. Peter and the others had been very drowsy and had fallen asleep. Now they woke up and they saw Jesus covered with brightness and glory and the two men standing with him. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, all confused, you know how it is, get a phone call, yeah, I'm up, I'm up, I'm awake. He, he was confused, not knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, this is wonderful, we'll put up three shelters, for one, of, for, uh, one for you and one for Moses, one for Elijah. But while he was saying this, a bright cloud formed over them. And this, this cloud was not like, yeah, keep your mouth shut. No, no. Look what he says. Peter didn't know what he was saying anyway. This man, what happened? This a bright, you talk about a fog rolling in, and this thing's glorious. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. John wrote about this. This voice we heard in the Holy Mount. That's that scripture. This voice we heard in the Holy Mount, and we heard it again. Well, I think Peter said that anyway. Then as the voice died away, I remember shooting the 30 out six, or you hear somebody, you just hear it echo. So that voice is just echoing. They didn't realize, they didn't, they didn't tell anyone what they had seen until long afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Jesus, in Matthew, Jesus said, don't tell anybody until after I'm resurrected. And they're like, what do you mean resurrected? We're just going to keep this quiet anyway. The next day as they descended, a huge crowd met him. And, in a, and a man in the crowd called out to him. We're about done here. Teacher, this boy here is my only son. And a demon keeps seizing him, makes him scream. My problem's worse than anybody's. Watch him work. It throws him into convulsions. He foams at the mouth. He's always hitting himself and hardly ever leaves him alone. I begged your disciples to cast him out. Now, wait a minute. I thought Jesus gave them power. He did. He did. But they couldn't. Look what Jesus said. Oh, you stubborn and faithless people. God damn. There's no special case here. That's what he said. How long should I put up with you? Bring him to me. <laughs> Bring him to me. Well, Jesus is the only one that can do anything about it. I mean, you know, some things in life we're just stuck with. No. As the boy was coming, the demon knocked him to the ground, threw him into a violent convulsion. But Jesus ordered the demon to come out and heal the boy, handing him over to his father. Look at that. That didn't last long. All gripped the people as they saw this display. Oh, uh, of God's power. Now, if you remember Matthew, Matthew adds a little bit and says, because the disciples said, you know, how come we couldn't cast him out? And he says, well, this kind sometimes takes fasting or whatever. If you look at the footnote right there, it says, that's not in the original manuscripts. It got added. You know what happens over time? Things get diluted. But we just saw the story. He didn't say anything about, well, this kind of takes fasting and prayer. You imagine that Jesus would have said, go, go heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, but sometimes the demons won't come out. Sometimes you're going to have to, you might need some extra money, you might need to do a little extra fasting. See where that comes from. It's just, it gives you a way out. I got to have a reason why this doesn't work. No, let's catch that word one more time. And I want, I want, I want to see the burning eyes of Jesus looking at me and every problem I've ever had. Oh, stubborn and faithless people. Boy, when I was hurting the other night, I had to realize, man, I, I, I trust you, Jesus. You get me out of this. Okay, uh, wrapping this one up, and this is it. Okay, so everybody was all gripped. 
by this. Okay. Meanwhile, as they were exclaiming over the wonderful things he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, listen to me and remember what I say. Boy, he's telling them, isn't he? I'm going to get betrayed. The disciples didn't know what he meant, for their minds were sealed and were afraid to ask him. Now an argument came among them as to which one of them was the greatest. I tell you, this is part of the temptation. You start getting blessed and whatever. Man, I've got the truck of my dreams. What do I look like? You know, I am a hot shot. I have arrived. My house is paid for. And I mean, I love you. Everybody must think, you know, it ain't about, it's, it's about you, but it's not that about you. It's you have got to, well, this, what do we do? Jesus knew their thoughts. So he took a little child. Oh, come on. I don't have time for my grandkids. I don't have time for this kid stuff. You know, I, wait a minute. Anyone who takes care of a little child like this, wait a minute. You want to do something for Jesus? Caring for me. Take time to make a kid, distract a kid in a store or something. Whatever you can do. Lord knows what mama's going through. You know, you could at least tease a little baby and uh, whatever. You could do something. Whoever cares for me is caring for God who sent me. Now you got all of them. What can I do for Jesus? Why don't you hold that baby for that mother? Oh, I don't want to get into that. Why don't you talk to that little kid? That kid may not ever, you may be the closest thing to a dad that that, (coughs) excuse me, that that kid's ever had. And the range is great from whatever. What's the Christmas carol? <laughs> from 1 to 99. <laughs> whatever, you know. I'll be home for Christmas. Whatever. whatever that song is. His disciples, John, came to him and said, Well, hey, Master, we saw one using your name to cast out demons, and we're trying to, we're going to fix this. He's not on our list, so we told him to cut it out. He's not in our group. Jesus said, You shouldn't have done that. Wait a minute. You only gave us 12, the power. Anyone who is not against you is for you. As the, tri- as the time drew near for his return to heaven, where is he going? He moved steadily toward Jerusalem with an iron will. One day he sent messengers ahead of him to reserve rooms for them in a Samaritan city. This is it, right? Closing it. But they were turned away. Now, how rude is that? Now, remember the split kingdom, we, we do this throughout the year. David's got Jerusalem and Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin and Judah, but the rest of them, they all split after Solomon died. That's where Samaritan, they had the two cows. They're worshiping the cows. They turned Jesus away. The people of the village refused to have anything to do with him because they were heading to Jerusalem. When word came back to what had happened, James and John said to Jesus, now look, look, they were starting to catch on. Now, this wasn't right, but they still, they still, look at that. They thought it. Hey, Master, you want us to order fire to come down from heaven and burn them up? He didn't say, well, I think, let's see what Jesus says. They actually believed they could pull that off. Anyway, Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went on their way to another village. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will always follow you no matter where you go. Well, Jesus said, remember, I don't even have a place. To lay my head, foxes have dens to live in, birds have nests, but I, the Messiah, have no earthly home. Another time he was invited, uh, he invited a man to come with him to be his disciples. The man agreed, but he wanted to wait until after his father's death. 
He said, let those without eternal life concern themselves with things like that. Your duty is to come and preach the, king, the coming of the kingdom of God to all the world. Another one said, oh, yes, Lord, I will, but first let me ask permission of those at home. <laughs> Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. Isn't that something? Oh, we're going to keep cruising. We'll get right into the 10th chapter. The 10th chapter is actually, he, he does set up 70 more, but we've already found out it didn't matter if you were the 70 or the 12. You know, praise God. This, this was unending. It was, it's working for you. See, he chose 70 others. Same thing. That's where he gave the rule. What was the rule? Uh, yeah. If a town welcomes you, follow these two rules. Look at that. Eat what's set before you, heal the sick. <laughs> Praise God. God's going to help us today too. Father, we thank you for your word today. Good to see how you were operating there, Lord, and what you did here. Just thank God you're so real. Thank God you help us, and thank God you were singling out individuals. And so, Lord, we just thank you. If we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. And if we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. What else are you going to take care of? Any big problem we got, you'll fix that. So, Lord, that helps us not to be distracted. We're just going to, what do you want us to do? See a child, we're going to act like a child. We're going to reach out and help a child. We've done it unto these, we've done it unto you, what you said, Lord. The least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So, Father, we'll just go tell others about Jesus. That's what you asked us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right. <clears throat> Glory.